0: Cutting the grass, which is going to turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So I'm going to tell you a little thing that God was showing me during that that has to do with my garden. This morning, I got up really early. So first I watched this thing. From a gardener, YouTube, you can just watch all kinds of stuff, make it good. So I watched this gardener, and he's in on the east, east, you know, in North Carolina east. And if you have a garden right now, you might have noticed as soon as everything starts to finally, you know, tomatoes are coming up and squash, all of a sudden there's mildew or all this mess, and they're, they're getting beat up. So this guy gets on, and he's like, because I was going to try to save all this stuff, you know and um, he's on there, and he shows his garden, and he's a professional gardener, and his garden looks like my garden, but five times the size, maybe 20 times the size, and he said, you know, this season with all this rain, and then lightning storms, then wind storms, then extreme heat, then cooler, and this and that, he said, it has really done damage on those who live in our, this whole coast, um, so, you know, from us down, as far as our gardens, and he said, so, you have to go and sow now, because if you live here, we actually have enough warm weather. If you sow the right things, you'll start producing something in 60 days. And then you have September and October to pick up because what you've sown now, which normally would go till then, is probably not going to make it that long because of all the hits it's taken. So I'm like, well, I'm thinking, okay, here I'm watching this before church, but I'm kind of just saw my garden go from la la to uh, you know, like <laughs> the squash plants are, you know, those, you know, the pests are in. And besides Dennis, the squirrel who's too big to get into the garden now, my husband John noticed another squirrel in there, and we saw this little squirrel. I knew it wasn't Dennis. Dennis, the menace, is a squirrel that is the first one to ever break through the barriers and get into my garden, and. So I had to re-double up on all the screening. And this little guy got in. And John knew right where he got in at. So I went and found the hole. It's like a stick there. And I thought, what am I going to do? There's always going to be little squirrels. Because there's a fence, so you had to make it smaller. Those squirrels can get through. I'm not kidding. I'm talking garden size little um, fencing. But anyhow, so I'm thinking, okay, Lord, this has been a really rough year on this garden. But I've tried and tried. And so God calls us his garden a whole lot and he sows his word is the seed that's sown into our gardens. And one thing, so the other thing, so then I watch Kevin's a day, which if you want meat and you really are mature enough to handle some meat, he's really good. And, um, so I was listening to him this morning also. And so he, tells all, he's kind of like me, he's all over the place, but in a really good way, and he goes into much more detail than I do, and one of the parts he was telling, his are like two-hour teachings, and so I got about an hour into it, and I had to get get to church, and he was talking about, you know, um, this, the farmer sows the seed, which is really ministers or anyone who really has the word of God, or, you know, if you read the word, whatever, you can hear it, and only 24%, about 24% is gonna produce a hundredfold. In other words, only 24% have actually made themselves so hungry, prepared, and ready that they're actually gonna produce a whole lot more for the kingdom of God. And then it goes all the way down to those who are gonna be thrown in the fire and doesn't do anything. Then there's, which I think is a lot of people, those who the seed comes, but the worries and the cares of this world and how busy you are, just suck it all up. So you, you go to heaven, but you have nothing To bring before the king for him to say well good well done good and faithful servant you're just too much about the world too much about the world anyway so and then there's the hard rock one so there's two that sounds like they don't make it at all and two that do and one has a fruitfulness and one uh gets in and i believe they'll be the ones god's going to wipe away the tears from your eyes when he shows you all that he had for your life and the people who actually would have come into the kingdom had you done what he asked you to and thus not to bring condemnation. It's a reality how God does this. We are his body. He has no other body. His body are the people who are born again. Only born again believers, they are his body. We are his body. And so we wanna pray and pray and pray because he also talks about us being the seed. So Human beings, his born-again believers, are seeds. Now, the enemy has tares. They're his people that he puts everywhere. How many would kind of say right now, looking around the world, it looks like the tares might be winning? Which means Satan is better at putting his people places. Let me say this. Satan, through bondage, manipulation, control, power, love of money, perversion, is able to get his people so bound that he can do whatever he wants with them and get them to do whatever he wants them to do. Therefore, they seem to be prospering in the evil but god's people have to say yes to god god's people have to say yes in the kingdom of light you have to yield to holy spirit and you have to yield to be implanted by him so that could be where you're working are you there for money or are you there because of something you really like to do, or are you there because God has given you gifts and planted you there, but He wants you to be light. He wants you to be the planting of the Lord. It's the same thing if you're standing in line at the grocery store. It doesn't matter where you are. You are His. You are His seed. He wants to plant you. So He calls His His people are His seed. So when you go study scripture, you can study this yourself. I don't have time to pull it all up for you. Money is seed. The tithing, the giving, that's really seed. And the word of God is seed. And it's kind of amazing how he does everything based on what everyone can do, unless you're into artificial food. Um, Because people can watch how this works. They can see the season of sowing and the season of reaping. And so, and a harvest that's coming. So one of the things he put on my heart, was some of you haven't, you never planted seeds from his word, literally took his word in faith, because you can only plant in faith in the kingdom, and began to release that word. Now, how many have been at the prayer meetings really big time since 2020? Raise your hands. Okay, so a lot of you have been planting seed to see our nation free. And some of you maybe have done it at home. Some of you haven't planted a single seed to help this nation. And some people have really planted Well, what happens with seeds? If if I went tomorrow and planted a lettuce seed, would I see lettuce this week? Would I see lettuce even uh, to the point of being able to eat it? Lettuce grows pretty fast. But let's say something like, oh, eggplant. If you live where I live, your eggplant never grows. We don't get enough sun. But it makes great leaves for bugs. But anyhow. The point is, we want to sow and expect to see right then what we're sowing. And so we haven't gone ahead and gotten vision for what God has for us. You should be sowing now for your, if you've got young children, for your children's future. You should be praying the word now. You should believe in God now for your marriages, for your retirement, retirement, for your futures, for your children's futures. You should seriously take that what an awesome kingdom that we live in, that God has given us his word and with his anointing on it, his word is a seed that produces something that has to come to harvest. Now, remember, if you if you plant through fear what the enemy wants you to plant, because his kingdom is a perversion of the real kingdom. Does everybody get that? His kingdom is real. A kingdom of darkness is real. And he wants you to plant... What People who are always afraid and planting fear. People who talk fear. People who say stupid things all the time. You are planting that for your future. And I just encourage some of you to really take some serious time with God and uproot. How many know if you planted bad stuff, but it hasn't come to harvest yet? You can jump in there. (laughs) You can put that you know, poison on it and <laughs> goodbye. You could pull it all up with a whatever, a hoe or whatever you pull it all up with. And you can stop it from having a harvest. So I encourage some of you, if not all of us, to go and look at the things that we have planted when we were full of fear, when we were frustrated, when we were hurt, when we maybe were children, when we were in wrong situations. Because Satan wants to get those things to come to harvest. And we need to get serious about making sure that those things cannot come to harvest. It's called breaking generational curses many times. The Bible has a spiritual laws. The thing you fear most comes upon you. That was the thing that happened to Job. Job was always concerned that something bad was going to happen to his kids. Job was concerned about everything that came on him. And Satan knows those spiritual laws, and he was able to bring that to pass. But that's another whole story. So so when we're looking at this, see, the reason we're not praying right now specifically into, or I'm not, God doesn't have me that concerned with praying right now for what's going on in our politics. Because I've been sowing seeds in that for a long time. And I'm waiting to see those things come to pass. And I believe some of the things we pass about the Lion of Judah are really about to happen. And we had a powerful time Tuesday night in intercession. But it was so funny, I went on, got such a got a confirmation. I'm with Stacy Campbell's mentorship group. And so I, I looked on there and a lady had a had a prophet had a vision she had or dream about the Lion of Judah. And she said, I feel like God's about to really roar. The Lion of Judah's about to come forth. What does it mean when he calls himself the Lion of Judah? Well, you'd have to study a lot about lions. But the, the male lion will not share um, his, what, what do you call a lion herd? What do you call that? Pride? Like P-R-I-D-E? Oh, that's pretty funny. Okay, <laughs> so, so God is the only one who can have pride, right? <laughs> He's not going to share his lioness. He's not going to share that. Remember, we're all called the bride, male and female, in in the kingdom. He's not going to share his bride. He's not just like the lion will not share all the lionesses. He wants them now. He, if he destroys another lion, he takes his lioness, right? So there's only one lion. You know, the ones with the big hair and all that. That's the guy, because there is a difference between male and female. But anyhow, so he takes that, um, and so the Lord is, so when the Lord comes as the Lion of Judah, it means he's coming to get his bride. He's coming to destroy every other lion. What's the other lion? There's another lion talked about in Scripture. He's the one who goes around seeing who he can destroy. Who can I destroy? Who can I destroy? Who has bought into my lies? Who believes what I say? Who have I turned against God? Who have I caused to live for what I want them to live for? Who can I devour? So he goes around saying, who can I destroy? Who can I devour? Who can I completely destroy their lives? Who can I destroy their finances? Who can I destroy their marriage? Who can I destroy their children? Who can I destroy their relationship with God? Who can I destroy? And how many know he's doing a pretty big job because we've all allowed the media to let him sow seeds of complete perversion all over our nation and, and seeds of witchcraft, pure witchcraft. And in the schools, they're teaching witchcraft to the kids. We've got, and some of you, you still let your kids watch stuff and do stuff. I'm going to tell you what, you better wake up, parents. You had better wake up. If you think it's innocent when they're watching that filth, and they're actually seeds, 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 seeds. And you can get into the whole thing, what everything means, because there's also got to be... On a garden, you've got to have sunshine, which means you got to have the presence of God in the kingdom. you got to have the presence of God. It can't just be, it's dead, people. It's dead if there's no presence of God. You can say the word till you're blue in the face, think you're planting it, but it can, and you can even plant the real word. But if there's no sun, if there's no presence of God, if there's no relationship, real relationship with Jesus Christ, a true relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing's going to grow. And then there's got to be fertilizer. What's fertilizer? Food. What's food? Well, isn't it amazing? The same word that it provides the seed is the same word that provides the food. So some people, this is seed right now. You never even thought of this. You never even heard this before. Gosh, let me let this get in. To some of you, this is fertilizer. That's why Jesus could preach to different people coming from different places, and they could all get what they needed. So some people are being fertilized right now. In other words, you are feeding those seeds you already put in there. You got into worship. You actually entered into the presence of God. You enjoyed God. Guess what? You put sunshine on those seeds and you're hearing what God is having me speak, which wasn't, I have notes for what I was going to speak. And all of a sudden the fertilize, the word is fertilized. So how do you fertilize? The more you read the word, seriously read the word, in the presence of God, how great is that? Add the sunshine and the word at the same time. Then there's water. you got to have water. What is, what is it called? Living water. The word of God, the living water. It's got to be living. It's got to be watering things. It's got to go down deep. It's got to cause just the right amount of everything. And then you're going to have a harvest. Well, as complicated as it is in farming, The enemy's gonna do as much as he can to make it complicated to you in the kingdom. The greatest thing about the kingdom is the king because he's the farmer. He's the one sowing. He's the one who knows how to protect. He's the one. But we have to be led by his spirit so we know when we need shade. And we know when, okay, I got to back off this living, you know, this, I need to spend more time in the sun. I need a little more fertilizer. Now let me get some of that living water. Living water is going to cleanse you, okay? The living water goes through and cleanse you. How many people just want presence, presence, presence of God? No word. No living water. Well, guess what? Go ahead and put that little plant out in the direct sunshine. Don't give him any water. Don't give him any food. Give him the best, cleanest, purest sunshine there is and see how well he does. But how about take that little plant and just fertilize him to bits. You tear up his roots. don't, Don't give him any water. Don't give him any sun. Just give him fertilizer. And then you take, and let's just do inner healing and deliverance all the time. That's all I'm interested in. That's all I want. Let's just take that living word and pump it through you and get you cleansed. No presence of God helping you to grow. No word of God other than the living water trying to to get you hungry in other ways. I seriously try to give you all of it. Love by Holy Spirit. But I can't give you everything. That's why you can go. I went and got, I would call it today when I watched Kevin's Day, um, I think it was fertilizer. Because it was food that was already showing me the seeds that I've already planted and the seeds in me. There was that confirmation. There was that scene. And he didn't preach this like this at all, but that's what happens when you're good ground. When you're good ground, then you begin to. Produce a hundredfold, like, oh my gosh, I got that from one thing he said this morning, and now I want to preach it, I want to teach it, God's showing me things about it. That's not because of a calling, that's because of laying your life down before God and say, be the farmer, sow seeds in me, let me have time in your presence. God, help me to be hungry for your presence, Lord, let me take, let me get into your word. Let me listen. No one has excuses. You can get um, on Audible. You can get the Passion Translation on Audible, Hit the whole Bible. You can listen to it instead of whatever news you're listening to in your car. You can listen to it instead of uh, whenever you're, whatever you're doing. If you're mowing your grass, if you're you know, painting a house, whatever you're doing, you get to choose. So God's not going to buy in the technical age we're living in. Just being honest, you won't be able to stand before him and say, I was too busy. I mean, no, we need to take more advantage of technology than, how many of the devil people know how to do that? My gosh, you can't even pump gas in your car without that thing screaming at you. Um, the minute the minute you hit that button for the gas to come, ah, come in here and buy this. And somebody's singing some song you don't want to hear. And if that's not enough, the car that pulls up next to you thinks he's supposed to... Re- you talk about the enemy po- folks knowing how to release perversion and water the garbage that's all over our nation. And then you take your kids or whatever, you go to a movie and see garbage... And you're like, I don't know how my kids got so messed up. We take them to church. Well, do you also take them to movies, especially one that's coming out for little kids in pink that's all about everything woke? Boy, they are pushing that one, aren't they? Dream house. It's on every, every, everybody's like, devil's like, what's the devil doing? What's the devil doing? I'm going to come get your kids. What did God do? He went ahead of them with that f- sound of freedom, not for your kids to see, but for the parents to wake up. So you got this match going like, oh no, oh no, we gotta get this thing, get everybody involved, get every, save, a- save our perversion, save what we're doing, save everything. Now, if you really sit back and get spiritual like you ought to be, with spiritual aid, it's amazing to watch the battle going on. What's the battle going on for? souls. It's going on for whole generations right now. Sometimes, sometimes once in a while go on YouTube or something and watch families like the sh- shows about Christian families that actually raise their kids in the things of God and pretty much only the things of God and, and wake up to that there are a lot of people who are doing this stuff and not letting the world influence everything. I cried. I, I watched two things last night. I watched um, this Amish young couple. How Holy Spirit. They start reading the Bible, and somebody had witnessed to them. Somebody was that uh, that sown person, and I started telling them about God. And was just really telling them about Jesus in a real relationship. And they lost everything. They got excommunicated from the Amish. They didn't want to. They loved their Amish lifestyle. They actually brought their lo- uh, Amish lifestyle into their Christian home. So they raise their kids that way. They watch what they watch. They spend time together. They work hard. There's a lot of good stuff about that. But if they don't have Jesus Christ, it's still just good works. It's religion. So I watched that and kind of made say, Lord, that's so nice to see this couple really serious about protecting their kids not because they're Amish but because they're Christians and then I watched after that I don't know these people must have been something like that I mean they had the little hat on their head They must have been pinnacle I don't know for sure but they all were at the ark you know the big um Noah's Ark thing wherever that is at and they were singing it was these old old songs well to me they're old old songs but they were harmonizing the family was so cute and it was so anointed And sometimes I need to see that there are families that are serious about only putting good seeds in, watering those, putting the presence on those, and they're going to reap. I remember when I watched that last night, I thought, you know, my my parents were good people, but we didn't go to church. We were dropped off at church, so they could have a break on Sunday mornings. And we weren't dropped off at a church that preached the word. I had a few Sunday school teachers that did. So church meant almost nothing to me. They never opened the Bibles, never opened the Bibles. I mean, John and I got married in that church and when we went for the rehearsal dinner, John and I looked and we we saw that the Bibles were never opened. Like never opened. The same Bibles that were probably in that church when I went years ago are still there, sitting there, bought and bulk and not opened. So here they're calling it church, and there's no presence of God, no word of God, and no living water. Here we have tons of living water on Tuesdays. We're kind of getting away from that some. You need to almost go back now and listen to the teaching because I have Hundreds of hours, hundreds of hours of teaching on living water. Some of you need to make a choice, if you haven't, that you're going to be good ground. Maybe the devil did everything he could to make sure you would never be good ground. Is there anybody in here that the devil didn't try to make sure you weren't going to be good ground? Raise your hand if the devil wanted you not to be good ground. Okay, so there's a few of you who the devil wanted you to be good ground, but Praise God. How many know the enemies, he knows this stuff. He understands the kingdom. He's a really good counterfeiter. More, more people understand darkness than light. So anyway, so when I was, because um, someone was like, Lord, uh, just so you understand discernment, did everybody hear about, remember the woman who I think it was Tuesday night we just mentioned, we didn't really pray for her, who said she saw a toddler on the side of the road And it ended up being a big baloney, and it was something else. The enemy was selling, usually supposedly a Christian woman, to um, make people afraid to go out or to help children. How sad to use something so demonic to make people afraid to help children. And then to make the person supposedly who did it sound like someone who looked like a white Caucasian male who's heavy and older, so that we can make this a racist thing. The only reason he made the news is because the baby was involved, and then tried to make it racist. Well, the good news for me was when I heard about it the first time, on the news, and everybody thought it was real. I didn't have any. I just felt. I felt like that was like don't. I was like, there's no reason to pray. But I thought she was dead. I thought, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, you're not giving me even one drop of anointing to pray for this. You're not even making Lord. This is a horrible thing. Why? And so my, I, my conclusion was, she must be dead. So when I found out she was alive and came back home, which is what I announced Tuesday night, I was so excited, but I was like, wow, Lord, why didn't you give me any desire to pray for that? And then I found out like a day or two later, oh, because she wasn't in any danger. Maybe pray for her, but not for what you... And I thought, wow, thank you, God, for discernment. If we had any idea how powerful we could be as the body of Christ. Any idea? So I'm going to get ready to preach what I was going to preach, but the message that I got from watching two different YouTube things and the Lord talked to me during worship is make sure you dig up any seeds, even if there's roots growing. If they've been a long time ago, there's probably roots there if roots of bitterness, make sure you do more than just cut off the, uh, the leaves, you know what I mean? Because it's just going to sprout back up, right? So, so go spend some time and let the living water go through you and cleanse you of all that. And that's what we've done for years on Tuesdays. You can go back and listen to some of the teaching if you need to do that. The other thing is be planting seed now for your future without vision, the people perish. This is really a big problem for a lot of people that come here. You have nothing. You have nothing planned for your retirement. You have nothing planned if, if uh, something happens. It's like, it's, like, it's like there's been nothing planted for your futures. And everybody wants to just blame, well, I don't have my, no, 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 you didn't plant, And so I just want everybody not be upset with God When the harvest doesn't come up right away, because it takes time. And I'm just going to say this the reason God called me into coaching and helping Talia and Caleb was because I have tons of seeds planted to do spiritual warfare. That's ready, it's at harvest, it's its harvest. I didn't know how to do it when I needed to know how to do it years ago. And I decided, I'm going to learn your ways, God. I'm going to learn your ways. And it could take years But he's not wasting anything. He is a God who does things the way he says. You young people, y'all got to have an awesome future if you'd quit just letting the devil let you sow in his seeds and you instead would begin to sow in what God wants you to sow in. You could begin now to see the kind of future God has for you. You could now take his word and seriously plant it into your future. You could begin now to pray for what God has for your future. You could begin now to pray. And if you don't, don't blame your parents when you get there and your future, and don't blame God. When you get to your future and it's a mess, don't blame God and don't blame your parents if you've come to this church. All that's bitterness, right? And let's all wake up, because they've been teaching this for years. Is anything new. I know the faith message taught this and taught this and taught this. But how many know sometimes we need a revelation? We need the anointing to show us. If your life is a mess, would you recognize something's missing on the ingredients of planting? If you've got the wrong spirit going, you're not... Having the, you're not having sunshine on it. It's actually planted. You can take the word of God and plant it in darkness. How do you know? Because you look at the fruit. The fruitfulness of what's going on in your life, but also is love increasing? Is your joy, really joy, not happy, joy Stronger than ever, love, joy, peace. Is there peace in the midst of a storm? Goodness, kindness, long-suffering patience, all these things, they show you that what you've been planting, you've had the right presence on it. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching.